You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. Give me a go, no, go for launch. Booster. Go. Retro. Go. Vital. We go fly. Guidance. Guidance, go. Surgeon. Go flight. Ecom. We're go flight. GNC. We're go. Telmuse. Go. Control. Go flight. Procedures. Go. Inco. Go. FAO. We are go. Network. Go. Recovery. Go. Capcom. We're go flight. Launch control. This is Houston. We are go for launch. Professor Porterfield do not necessarily reflect the views of the sponsors or their affiliates. Texas, where the stars at night are big and bright, it's the Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, here to tell it like it was and how it is to help school you so no one can fool you, brought to you by the good folks at the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in beautiful Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. So now, without further ado, here's Professor Porterfield. Uh, 
that uh, try to stay sane. Uh, try to try to try to just stay sane. Uh, if you'd like to keep up with what is going on out there in the current uh, uh, crazy ass uh, situation, I highly recommend a website. And the website is oh, what the fuck just happened today. And it can be found at whatthefuckjusthappenedtoday.com. I've put the link in the uh, chat room, but of course, it's taken the word fuck out. But once again, that's whatthefuckjusthappenedtoday.com. It's not a joke. I'm I'm not playing. Not not making that up. Um, Today is day 28 of uh, the, the siege as it were, and uh, it's an excellent site uh, that breaks things down uh, very well uh, into a timely fashion, um, and it's a way to get the information without feeling uh, overwhelmed or, you know, uh, having to search through uh, 800 different sources and go here and go there, and so I highly recommend that site. Once again, what the fuck just happened today dot Calm. Not a joke. Being very serious. And in the meantime, I would like to remind each and every one of you to get ready if you're not already ready. If you're not already ready, Freddie, it's time to get ready. For what? For May 13th and 14th. What's May 13th and 14th? Why, May 13th and 14th is the annual Hoodoo Heritage Festival, 10th annual this year, Hoodoo Heritage Festival in beautiful, scenic Forestville, California, on the site there of the fantastic, the amazing, the stupendous, the colossal Lucky Mojo Curio Company, This festival is put on each and every year by your friends and mine at the Missionary Independent Spiritual Church, along with Miss Robin York, and we are looking forward to having you come out. Come on out. We're going to have a fantastic selection of speakers, lecturers, workshops, readers, you name it. You name it. Name it. It's going to be huge. And let me tell you, I know some of you have said, well, oh, I want to go. I want to go so bad, but, oh, I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. But, well, next year, next year, next year for sure. Well, tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. Dominant and Herren, Monsieur and Madame, there is only two more years after this one. This is the 10th annual. 12th annual is the last one, baby. So you better get in there and get in quick. Come on out. You would love to be there. We would love to have you. You will have a fantastic time. You will receive all sorts of wonderful items, books, uh, materials for conjure, hoodoo, root work, things to interest you, things to thrill your heart, to tickle your fancy to enlighten your mind and there are readers in abundance there's going to be such a good time once again may 13th and 14th 2017 forestville california the 10th annual hoodoo heritage festival you can check it out at hoodooheritagefestival.com and now without further ado we go over to our 
returned soldier, uh, beleaguered force who has vowed <clears throat> all things, you know, barring acts of God and disaster, uh, that he will man the post. He has said he will man the post. He will stand by the gate. He will stay on guard for the next four years. He came back out of retirement to do this, folks. So let's go over to the LMC Radio News Desk and our own Phil Patchy Fogg. Sixteenth and seventeenth are auspicious days to can fruits and vegetables, mow to slow growth, prune trees, go hunting, and jar jams or jellies. These are also good days to start seed beds and transplant. Plant carrots, turnips, onions, beets, Irish potatoes, and other root crops in the south. Lettuce and other leafy vegetables will do as well. And a tip of the hat to our Irish potatoes, as this is a very Irish episode this evening. The 16th and 17th are also good days for evening fishing. Today's highlight in history comes to us from February 16th, 1862, when the Civil War Battle of Fort Donelson in Tennessee ended as some 12,000 Confederate soldiers surrendered. Union General Ulysses S. Grant's victory earned him the moniker Unconditional Surrender Grant. On this date also, in 1804, Lieutenant Stephen Decatur led a successful raid into Tripoli Harbor to burn the U.S. Navy frigate Philadelphia which had fallen into the hands of pirates during the First Barbary War. In 1868, the Benevolent and Protective Order of Elks was organized in New York City. In 1923, the burial chamber of King Tutankhamun, recently unearthed tomb, was unsealed in Egypt by English archaeologist Howard Carter. In 1937, DuPont research chemist Dr. Wallace H. Carruthers, inventor of nylon, received a patent for the synthetic fiber described as linear condensation polymers. In 1945, American troops landed on the island of Corregidor in the Philippines during World War II. In 1961, the United States launched the Explorer 9 satellite. And finally, in 1968, on this date, the nation's first 911 emergency telephone system was inaugurated in Haleyville, Alabama. We wish to send out LMC Network birthday greetings to jazz pop singer and actress Peggy King, who is 87 today. Actor Jeremy Bullock is 72. Actor William Catt, 66. Rhythm and blues singer James Ingram, 65 today. Actor LeVar Burton is 60. Actor 
rapper, Ice-T is 59. And we ought to also send out birthday greetings to air members Mama E, whose birthday was on the 4th, Miss McHale, whose birthday was on the 9th, and Balthazar, whose birthday is tomorrow on the 17th. Our thought for the day comes to us from Elizabeth Bowen, Irish-born author, born 1899, died 1973, who said, quote, The heart may think it knows better. The senses know that absence blots people out. We have really no absent friends. This has been the news from the LMC Radio News Desk with Philip Fogg reading. We now turn you over to Professor Porterfield and the Lucky Numbers. Lucky number. Oh, dreaming of lucky numbers. Hoping that those lucky numbers yeah. will show for me. Numbers on each other, you and me. Superstition. Or even make me suspicious. Table with 13 dishes. It will make me That's mommy, yeah? Yeah, man. Well, okay, yeah. Put my trust in group of dust. Cause you know some days may bring you a seven. Or oh, maybe a lucky eleven. Oh, that you see in heaven. Lucky number for me. Yeah. Oh, yes, and you need not just trust in goof or dust because we have the lucky numbers for you here each and every week, sponsored by ProfessorPorterfield.com. Why not stop on by there and take a look? And the numbers for this week are 24, 29, 35, 41, 49, and 53. Once again, those key numbers are 24, 29, 35, 41, 49, and 53. And for those of you living in an area where 53 is too high a number to use, we suggest you use the number 13. If 53 is too high, use 13. This week's lucky three-digit numbers are 351. That's 351. Five, 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 that's 555, and six, seven, four, that's 674, and five, 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 and six, seven, four are very hot right now. They will continue to be hot throughout the entire week, but three, five, one is going to become particularly hot around next Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, and this coming Thursday. The card of the week is the three of clubs, an argument, stubbornness, quarrels, watch your temper. This coming week will be rough around the edges, and there will be challenges at keeping one's temper as you are tempted to dive into arguments or fights. Avoid being stubborn or stonewalling others. Try as best as you can to be peaceful and not let your own rigidity lead you into fights and quarrels. Remember, our week runs Thursday to Thursday, so check in with the Now You Know show to get the numbers and card when it first comes out. And if you hit, (laughs) remember where you get. Till then, 
good luck to you all. Up next, our own Miss Loretta from the First and Second Baptist Church of Quimby, Texas, with Cooking with Miss Loretta. Sweet Loretta Martin thought she was a woman, but she was another man. ground black pepper to taste, eight ounces of cream cheese, cubed, 
and two tablespoons of chopped chives. Now to make this, first you will heat a large skillet over medium-high heat. Add your bacon and cook until brown and crispy, which will take about six to eight minutes. And then transfer that to a paper towel lined plate to drain and set aside. Then next, you will place your corn, jalapenos, sour cream, pepper jack cheese, and parmesan into a slow cooker. Season it with your salt and pepper to taste. Stir until well combined. And then top with cubed cream cheese. After that, cover and cook on low heat for two hours or high heat for one and uncover and stir until the cream cheese is well combined. Then cover and cook on high heat for an additional 15 minutes. Once that's done, you can serve it immediately garnished with the bacon and the chives. This is a delightful little dip. It's very, it's kind of like a Oh, it's a little bit like a, a corn chowder, a little bit like that. And it goes very well on any kind of chip. It stays hot a long time, and it stays very nice. It doesn't goop back up in a big hurry. So you can give it that last 15 minutes and take it out. Take your crockery part of your crock pot out of the metal cooker. Wrap it up in towels, wrap it up in beach towels, put it in the back of your car and drive to wherever you're going to go, whether you have to go make posters or work on flyers or be there for a protest or whatever you need to do and you've got it right there. You can take a bag of chips, two bags of chips, three bags of chips with you, some corn tortillas and boom, flour tortillas are fine too and you just have it right there. Take a spoon along and some napkins and you have it with you, and you have something light but hot and filling. I hope y'all enjoy it, and let me know. I love when y'all write in to me. It makes me feel so special. And so now we're going to turn everything over to Professor Porterfield and the pontification. Bye, y'all. Thank you, Miss Loretta. That actually sounded pretty good, actually. I, I actually kind of really want that now. Um, once again, we had a situation this week where, uh, you see, Miss Loretta, sometimes when she has a recipe on the show, she brings it in. She brings it into the break room earlier in the day, and then we all enjoy it. So we kind of know what it's like, you know, before it goes on the show. And today, someone was late to work uh, named Professor Porterfield. So by the time I got here, there was none left. I mean, there was just this smell. You know, there was just this smell of like cheese and corn and spices, and that was it. I had some chips. I had a handful of chip land and boring. So now I want this dip really bad. Up next, the professor's pontification. This week's topic is evil spirits. Or is it really as bad as you think? Yeah, i a long way from home. Can't sleep at night. Grab your telephone. Stop 
that's a Chicago's blues standard. It was written by Willie Dixon and Howling Wolf recorded it for chess records in 1954. Uh, and uh, then uh, it was included in 1959 on uh, an album and he re-recorded it in 1969 and it became, uh, well, his uh, last chart, if, in case you wanted to know that. Tonight we're going to be talking about evil spirits. All right. <clears throat> this is going to be complex, and we're going to go all sorts of places, so hang on. First of all, we're going to talk about some things that are going to sound potentially, unfortunately, anthropological. And, you know, it's just the way it is, guys. What, what can you do? When we talk about hoodoo, and conjure, uh, root work, that stuff, roots, Rootin', whatever you want to call it. And it does have a variety of names. And don't let nobody try and fool you into believing that, oh, no, it's only called this. And I never heard it called nothing else. Okay, that's great. You never heard it called. Some of us have. Again, what we have is a big tendency against regionalism. There's no regionalism. There's only right or wrong, my way or highway. And it's about. It's, you know, it's 10 pounds of hogwash in a five-pound bag. You're going to find lots of different names for this and lots of different names that serve two meanings, like witchcraft. But certain people get real hot under the collar and want to tell you it was never, ever called this. But what they're saying is it was never called that around me or my kin or in my region or in my area. And so what you're doing is you're encountering someone who is suffering from something. Either they don't understand you. Either they don't understand what you're saying. They don't understand that you're saying that it is, it is one of a number of different names, and the fault lies with you. You have not spoken carefully enough. Or they have some sort of axe to grind against terms. Don't ask me why. I've, I've heard people say, oh, only white people say who Really? 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 I don't think I can get my voice much higher. Really? 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 Only white people say hoodoo. All right, fine. Okay. Oh, hoodoo, hoodoo, that word didn't exist before 1935, 1942, 1956, 10 minutes ago. Nobody calls it conjure. Nobody calls it, okay, whatever. It's all, again, 10 pounds of hogwash in a five-pound bag. So in this world of folk magic all right that we talk about you find a lot of discussion about evil spirits now they are not necessarily defined meaning they're not necessarily uh the devil or or demons or this particular demon or we'll go to our book of demonology and find the name okay or we have a ceremonial magician sort of attitude towards it or a catholic sort of tradition or a greek orthodox sort of tradition or a hebraic sort of tradition no it's evil spirit tm evil spirit open parentheses tm close parentheses 
Now, some people will further break it down, and they will say that these are demonic spirits, that these are, that these are, uh, you know, sent by the devil, that they are the devil, this, that, and the other thing. But not everybody does that. You hear a lot about evil spirits. Now, these evil spirits are often conceived of as being within two generalized kind of cases. The first is an, an actual spirit. I mean, it's a thinking thing. It's an entity, if you will, a spiritual entity. In this case, malevolent, evil, wicked, creating or causing misfortune. Evil spirit. However, there is sometimes a second attitude, a second attitude that one hears about. And this is where an evil spirit is a generalized situation, like bad air, to be surrounded by evil spirits, to have evil spirits about you, to have your house covered with, or could have your house taken over by. And here, the meaning starts to blur. Yeah, sometimes we're talking about some sort of intelligent agency, but often we're not. We're talking about a kind of a malaise, if you will, a natural force, if you will. Uh, again, like you might talk about smoke or bad weather, but most appropriately, like you might talk about bad luck. So let's stop for a moment in the midst of talking about evil spirits and talk about luck. And you have to say to yourself, well, why are we going to talk about luck? Because luck is of absolute importance, particularly in hoodoo. When you study your hoodoo, when you study your conjure, when you study your root work, you will find this discussion ongoing for generations about luck and what luck means and the agency, if you will, of luck and what it means to be lucky or to be denied luck, okay, or to have luck taken away from you. And luck is terribly important. And luck is, to some extent, you can think of it almost like health, not meaning that the two are equatable, meaning that you can discuss the two. You can have good health. You can lose your health. You can be in ill health and then get better. You can get bad health or ill health through contact with another person. Someone can do something to your health. Your health can be affected by your circumstances, your diet, your lifestyle, where you're living, who you're living with, who you're messing with, what you're doing to yourself. Luck is the same way. You can lose your luck. Your luck can come and go. Your luck can turn bad. Someone else can negatively affect your luck. You can lose your luck and get it back. Your luck can be affected by your natural circumstances and how you're living and where you're living and what you're doing. And often, why is he talking about luck? Why is he talking about luck? I want to hear about the oogie spirit. Well, sometimes, often, the cause of evil spirits is a lack of luck and vice versa. The lack of luck is the lack of luck is caused by evil spirits. And you have to understand that luck being taken like this is not – see, here's the thing. 
people want to come into, it seems like nowadays, want to come into almost any, almost any spiritual tradition or metaphysical tradition or magical tradition and want to come in with a big shovel and a bucket, all right, and take what they want of it or say that it belongs to everyone uh, while waving the flag of their pal and not mine, uh, Carl, that fucking Nazi, okay, Gustav Jung, and put forth this idea of, of this universality of these things, of spiritual elements, of the way we think, of of our myths, of our religions, and he, you know, fuck him, all right? No offense. Fuck Carl, that Nazi Jung. The point is that it's not true. It's simply not true. And as an example, this conception of luck that we're talking about right now is not – you don't find this everywhere, baby. This is not Chinese luck, Okay. This is not the way Chinese luck operates. There are some similarities. There are some similarities. And that led to certain Chinese folk magic practices being adopted into hoodoo as, you know, the people that practice hoodoo got to California and got out into the West and started meeting people from China here in this country. But this is not how Tibetan luck works. This is not how Turkish luck works. There are some similarities. This is not necessarily how Irish luck works. All right? And that's the thing, is everyone want to tell you it's all the same? Oh, no, we bear. It's near the same thing. It's near the same thing. Concept of luck is not universal. It is not. You will find similarities, but it's not inherent everywhere all the time. It is, however, deeply a part of hoodoo. Absolutely. 100%. And does have very strong African roots, unquestionably. And this luck is important to your life. You have to have luck. You have to have luck. It's not good fortune. It's not necessarily a idea of prosperity or a luck for prosperity or a prosperous luck. It's not necessarily that. It's not necessarily a, a kind of Mediterranean Greek fated luck where one has a decent destiny or a decent fate in life uh, and does not suffer a moria upon them, a doom upon them. No, 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 no. This is different. This is, again, very much like your health. You can gain it. You can lose it. It can be aided. It can be sustained. And here comes the evil spirits. Evil spirits take your luck away. Evil spirits make you spiritually unhealthy, as well as potentially physically unhealthy, as well as potentially mentally unhealthy. That's the other thing you have to understand, is that the system of health in the context of hoodoo is not divided. It's not divided. It's not like, well, here's your physical health, and here's your spiritual health, and here's your mental health, and they're all different. No, they're all one, okay? Meaning, if I can affect you spiritually, I can affect your mental health, your mental well-being. I can make your mind wander. I can make you crazy. I can make you go on all fours like a dog and bay at the moon. All right? 
I can affect your brain. I can also affect your body because your brain is part of your body, pal. Your brain is an organ in your body. I can affect your body. I can give you a heart attack. I can put snakes and spiders and little baby newts inside you. By the way, where's Papa Newt? I miss him. I can... I can cause your legs to swell up, your arms to swell up. I can give you diabetes. I can do all sorts of shit to you, okay? I can also affect your luck. I can take your luck away. I can kill your luck. I can kill your luck in a limited way, meaning I don't have to kill all your luck all the time so you go to hell, go home with no luck and have a hell of a life after that. I can just kill your luck at the card table. While you're sitting at the card table with me, I kill your luck. It doesn't mean the minute you leave, you are still so unlucky that the police, whoever, is going to jump on you and affect you. Your wife's going to leave you. She's cheating on that man from St. Louis behind your back. You don't even know. She just tells you that's her cousin. No, I can just kill your luck right at the card table. I can kill your luck at a specific moment. When you get in a car, what's going to happen then? Well, bad badness. Here we have this idea, and this goes part and part with this idea of evil spirits. That evil spirits can be a malignant force, a malignant force that one can come into contact with, that one can associate with by accident and draw back to them, particularly by going to the wrong places and doing the wrong things. Now, interestingly enough, again, this is not a universal belief, but it does somewhat, at least I'm fascinated by, somewhat resemble early Jewish folk magic concept of one how one encounters ill forces. One primarily encounters demons and other ill forces by going the wrong place and doing the wrong thing at the wrong times. And that's why you're given, you know, these admonishments to not go into uh, ruined structures you find by the side of the road and not to go into un, uh, uh, fallow fields that you don't know who owns them, etc. Because there may be a negative spiritual force going on there, and then it jumps on you, and now you've got it, and you need to clean it to get it off of you. So, evil spirits. Now we've established that there is a belief in evil spirits. We've established why. We've established some of how it operates, and we've established that it's necessary to not have evil on you, because it's negatively impacting to your luck. Now, here comes the rub. Why did I go through this? I went through this to establish with you that this is a real thing, and the it comes from somewhere, that it's a part of the context of hoodoo, of root work, of conjure, because I need you to know that so that you can understand, A, that people are not being foolish when they believe this. This is a part of their culture. It's a part of their spiritual belief. It's a part of their reality. All right, They're not just making this shit up. They're not misguided. They're not mentally ill. In fact, what you will often find is that mental, the definition of non-biological mental illness – is often put together at the behest of the dominant society. Meaning, you come in and you say, uh, well, these people believe this folk belief, and it's a part of their life, part of the context, part of their beliefs, part of their traditions, part of their language, even. 
But obviously it's not quote-unquote real, and therefore since they do believe it, they must have some failure in their thinking, and therefore they have a mental illness. What arrogance! What outlandish, outrageous, inexcusable Victorian arrogance to say that. And by the way, they could totally be cured of their complaint within the context of their culture and their belief. Not through some placebo, but actually through having it taken care of. You're the one that doesn't believe. You're the one that's laughing up your well-heeled sleeve about their spiritual belief. And it is arrogant of you to do so. Because you wouldn't feel kindly if somebody did it to you, now would you? So because of this, we have a situation where we have people in our community who are concerned with evil spirits, who are very concerned with evil spirits. And because of this, they are manipulated and abused by fake, wicked, scamming, con artistry exhibiting so-called workers. I hear this almost weekly. I'm serious. It is hardly a week goes by that I do not hear from a client or a person who they dealt with so-and-so. Who are the fuck so-and-so is? I don't give a shit. And so-and-so told them this, that, the other thing, or the evil spirits. Or the evil spirits. In other words, you will pay me or the evil spirits. Ooh, evil spirits. You will do this or the evil spirits. You will do that or the evil spirits. You must or the evil spirits. Don't ever call me again or the evil Don't you dare think about calling the police on me or the evil spirit. You best have that $3,000 check in the mail to me because of the evil spirit. It's all well and good, once again, to sit back, laugh up your fucking sleeve, and go, well, they're like children. <laughs> I mean, if somebody told me. But if I didn't send them money, and they were sending an evil spirit after me, fuck you. Fuck you. Seriously. Some of y'all lose your mind about having Ouija boards in your fucking house, and they're put out by Parker Brothers. And you think you got the fucking room to fucking mock somebody? Mock somebody's beliefs? Mock somebody's essential self that their entire culture has taught them? They've, got, they've been taught this by their parents, by their grandparents, by their uncles, by their aunts, and they've seen living examples of it. They've seen what happens to people when they lose the fuck, when people get on, when house. They've seen shit that would turn your hair white, and you're going to sit there and laugh about it, but you freak out every time you change at the grocery store, it comes up $6.66, right? Then, oh, no, right? Because that's in your book. You have some problem about something. Like, you throw, you'll throw salt over your fucking shoulder, but you're going to laugh at these people. This is some serious and heinous and dangerous goddamn bullshit. And let me tell you why. Because it's an informed con. 
Let me say that again. It's an informed con. An uninformed con is dangerous, disingenuous. I want to see it stopped as much as you want to see it stopped, but it's an uninformed con. It's just some sort of bullshit that people do, you know. Uh, they walk around your house with a light meter, and you don't know what a light meter is, and say, oh, well, goddamn, your windows here need better sealant. Uh, look at look at the temperature variance here, and you're watching the needle go up and down. You think it's because all this cold air or hot air is coming in at the windows. It's actually because it's just goddamn light, okay? They're just fucking with you. They're just a goddamn con man. This, on the other hand, is an informed con. This is somebody who has taken the motherfucking time to find out about the culture, to find out about the spiritual work. Maybe even the time, maybe even the time to get them one or two malevolent type spirits to, you know, rattle a few chains, shake a few pots, make a little bit of a, you know, make a little bit of a show just to kind of back them up. And now they got the big stick. The big stick is... Evil spirit. The evil spirit. I know people who have been cheated blind for thousands of dollars, and they won't do nothing about it because they're afraid of the worker. And what are they afraid of? That the worker will put spirits on them, or will send evil spirits to them, that the worker will destroy their luck, kill their luck, and then they'll have nothing but bad luck. Now, this informed con goes further. It operates another way. Same con, it operates another way. This is when you want to destroy the good name of somebody. So you pick out a worker. You say, uh, oh, uh, I don't know, uh, Dr. Junebug. And you say, uh, I don't like Dr. Junebug. And you may not like Dr. Junebug for a number of different reasons. You don't like Dr. Junebug because the company he keeps. You don't like Dr. Junebug because uh, he has got some bookings you haven't got. Uh, he's, the, he's the house reader at the local candle shop, metaphysical shop, whatever shop, and they don't want you uh, he sells his stuff a little cut rate to your price, so he makes money and you don't. Uh, you just don't like the color of his skin. You don't like something about him, and you decide you're going to get Dr. Junebug. So what you do is you go out in public and you say, Dr. Junebug defrauded me. He stole X amount of money from me, and then he put – now listen – and then he – put evil spirits on me. He destroyed my life. He ruined my marriage. He ruined my health. My husband was killed in a car accident. I lost my job. My wife ran away with that son bitch from St. Louis, etc. Now stop for a moment and consider what has just been said. A, there is a worker, Dr. Junebug. Dr. Junebug is a fake and a fraud. Why is he a fake and a fraud? Because he stole all this money from me and did not deliver the spiritual goods, physical or ephemeral, that he or spiritual, that he said he would deliver. He didn't do it. 
He didn't help my luck. He didn't get me the job. I didn't get the girl. I didn't get rid of my enemy. I didn't get the prosperity. I didn't get the breakup, whatever. And then when I complained, he put evil spirits on me and did all this terrible shit to me. Now, let's go back to it again. Please set your scales to zero so you can get an accurate measurement. A. Dr. Junebug does not have the power to deliver to you a solution, a remedy to a common complaint and overcharged you. But B, Dr. Junebug has the power to put evil spirits on you that harmed and destroyed you, killed you, wife ran off with a guy from St. Louis, what car accident the dogs got in the house and went up the chimney and so it got it, whatever. How the fuck does that work? How the, somebody write me a long letter. How the fuck does that work? Dr. Junebug don't have the power to bring you luck, but he has the power to take away your luck. Dr. Junebug can't help your health situation, but he can make you sick. Dr. Junebug can't get you the girl, the guy you like, help your romance, help your marriage, but he can break your marriage up. Junebug can't bring you prosperity, but he can fucking take it away. How the fuck does that work? It doesn't. It doesn't. What you're seeing is one of two or three things. A, you're seeing another kind of con. You're seeing another kind of con artist. This is a con artist from inside. This is a con artist from inside the community who's looking for a business opportunity, and they need to destroy Dr. Junebug. They're out to destroy Dr. Junebug, so they go and they make up the fake name, and their name's, uh, you know, uh, uh, Wilhelmina Williams, and Wilhelmina Williams tells you the terrible story. Okay, it's con. The second is possibility, rare, but it's possibility. We're going to try to cover everything, both real and imagined here. Second possibility is Dr. Junebug's a fucking psychopath. Look, it's just a case, man. We got, we, got, we got a fucking sociopath sitting in the goddamn Oval Office, pal. I mean, seriously. I mean, we got a narcissistic, uh, 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 white supremacist, sociopathic uh, uh, guy with some creepy interests in his daughters sitting in the highest seat in the fucking land. So, listen, there's a possibility that there are some skitzed out, crazy-ass, mean, evil Awful, repugnant, ugly-ass fucking workers, spiritual workers as well. All right? I mean, if it, 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 you know, listen, if it can get all the way to the goddamn Oval Office, it can certainly get to a, a, a local root worker. All right? So that's option two. Option two is Dr. Junebug's actually a fucking nut. I mean, he's, 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 he's crazy. He's evil. And he scams people for their money. And he does have power. He does have a spiritual technique. He does know kind of what he's doing, and he would rather just scam people for their money. And when they backtalk him, he, he slaps them. He slaps them in the mouth with his spiritual power. Makes him a kind of guy who needs to go the fuck away. All right? And then the third case is – the third case here is kind of a dual case. We're going to call it 3A and 3B. 3A is that the worker – uh, uh, didn't do shit to these people. They're just pissed at them, and they were already under a situation from somebody else, and everything they think Dr. Junebug did is actually what their enemy did to them. And then the final case is 
that again, except Dr. Junebug is still a scumbag. Dr. Junebug's a fake. He cost them money, and then their enemy continued to throw on them. Dr. Junebug didn't throw on them. It's their enemy throwing on them. All right? So you have to kind of think about it. You have to apply logic. The most logical answer is that nine times out of ten, it's somebody else in the community just trying to put, put play pretend to fuck over Dr. Junebug. So this is two sides of the same fucking coin, and it's a wicked goddamn coin. This is like coin stained with the blood of Jesus kind of coin, okay? Like, you know, Judas Iscariot type fucking coin here. It's like silver, all right? Because this is informed. It comes from a place of knowledge. And it leads wicked places. It's hard to get this taken care of. Is what happens is some people come in and they just poo-poo it. They just say, well, you don't have evil spirits on you because there are no evil spirits. And since there are no evil spirits, you just need to stop thinking about the evil spirits. And then everything will be fine because there are no real evil spirits. Well, that's great. And then later when I get cancer, I'll just think the cancer is you know, good thoughts. You know, I'll just stand in front of the mirror and say every day and in every way uh, I'm getting better and better. And me and Garner Ted Armstrong can just go fucking, you know, live our lives happily, Pollyanna fucking bullshit, skipping through the fucking fields. You just let somebody down. You didn't even stop to examine. No, some people don't have evil spirits on them. That's absolutely correct. Some people do get wound up, paranoid, etc. All right. Some people don't have evil spirits on them, but you can't just walk in and say you don't got evil spirits on you because there are no evil spirits. Well, you're not even taking anything into account. I mean, you're just fucking this person over. You're letting them get messed over. If there aren't evil spirits, then establish that there aren't evil spirits. Do your goddamn work and establish that there aren't evil spirits. And the same goes for all of you who are afraid you have evil spirits on you. Don't just roll with the paranoia. Don't just slide on up into the fretful palace and go, oh, yeah, you might have heard some shit. Yes, pics might have moved in the house. Yes, some crap may be going on. But do you know it's evil spirits? Could it be something else? Do your work. Find out. Not everything needs this. Let me give you an example of how an idea takes root inside a culture of people and becomes a problem even though it is a real thing this is a real thing it's a real thing it does occur and then it takes root and becomes a huge it becomes rather than a, a little plant it becomes a tree okay of a problem generational curses bump 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 generational curses Listen, <clears throat> this got out there at some point in time. Somebody opened the the goddamn box, okay, the Pandora box on this, and let this shit the fuck out that there are occasionally, rarely, sometimes, almost never, but you can't say never, generational curses. And woom! Suddenly, everybody had a generational curse. I mean, every motherfucker I knew had a generational curse. I mean, they were calling me Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, calling me midnight on Saturday, calling me Christmas Eve, calling me Yom Kippur. I'm sitting there fucking hungry. They calling, I got a generational curse, generational, generational, generational curse. 
okay? I'm telling you, man, everybody suddenly had a generational curse. And it was seven generations, it was nine generations, it was 13 generations, it was 14 generations. Some of these motherfuckers were so convinced that they had a generational curse, I kid you not, I'm not even joking, it's not even funny, is that seriously, 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 that they were the first generation. Let me say that to you again. They were the first generation of the curse. I got a generational curse on me, and I'm the first generation. I'm the first generation. I'm the first generation. Like, how the fuck do you have a generational curse if you generation one? You just have a curse. Right? I mean, it's just a fucking curse. It's just a fucking curse. Well, it's on the kids. Well, the kids live with you. If the kids are living in a goddamn house, it's a cursed-ass person. Don't you think curse gets on kids? How do you know it's generational? They haven't even grown up and left. Man, I think you cannot even begin to identify generational curse until maybe great-grandchildren. Maybe great-great-grandchildren. I just think that should be a rule. I just think that should be a rule, okay? But these motherfuckers said, no, I'm the first generation. Ah! Okay? And don't get me wrong. We would check into it. We would check into it. Let me tell you somebody who broke his back doing this work. My friend, Conjurman Ali. Conjurman Ali literally broke his fucking back from about, oh, I'd say 1997, 2003, uh, just fucking trying to help every motherfucker in the world with a generational curse, all right? Because he's good at it, first of all. He's very good at it. And if you actually have a real generational curse, you should go to Conjurman Ali, all right? But he was floored. I mean, the man was fucking buried, okay, in generational curses. You know, we had to go with a generational shovel. And, and dig Ali out, and we would we would stand in the back, and we'd go, we'd go, Ali! And we would listen to see, Ali! And eventually he was like, ah! And we were like, he's over there, he's over there! And we would dig all the people who had generational curses off of them, and put them in folding chairs. And, and then we would give them numbers. It was bad. It was bad. Okay? But this is another example of how of how gets out, gets out, and it takes root, and it grows. You see? It grows. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Now everything is generational curse. The same thing happens in a positive way. Miss Cat, that's Catherine Ironwood to you. Miss Cat has been trying to warn y'all. I've been trying to warn y'all. Candelo Canvisa been trying to warn you all about how everything nowadays is becoming candles. We're not saying don't burn candles. We're not saying candle work isn't an appropriate thing. For fuck's sake, Catherine Ironwood put out the book, The Art of Hoodoo Candle Magic. Do you think the woman's actually trying to tell you not to use fucking candles? Of course not. She's saying use candles. What she's been trying to tell you, I've been trying to tell you, Candelo Cambisa and others have been trying to tell you is y'all are starting to only do that little plant is taking root now it's becoming too big a tree you're losing you see so you can do it even in a positive way this doesn't have to be this doesn't have to be negative it doesn't have to be about that but let's bring it home let's bring it home let's bring it home at the end of the day you best open up your mind to the understanding that there are evil spirits. What are they? I don't know. 
You're going to figure that out for yourself. Are they demons? I don't know. Are they minions of the devil fallen from heaven when Lucifer was cast down? I don't know. Are they natural spirits of a malignant sort? I don't know. Are they a malignant natural force? I don't know. I'm not here to try to tell you my spiritual outlook. You have to figure out your spiritual outlook. You have to figure out how you're going to deal with these. And there is time-tested and true methods. Throw some salt on one of these motherfuckers and see what it does. Open up some goddamn camper in front of one of these and see what it does. Burn some goddamn sulfur and see what it does. But you've got to start understanding that there are, within the context of hoodoo, root work, and conjure, evil motherfucking spirits. And you best get used to dealing with evil spirits rather than dismissing people's beliefs. People are not paying you to dismiss their beliefs. People are not paying you their hard-earned, hard-won, dearly-needed money for you to pat them on the head like they were motherfucking children and poo-poo their goddamn beliefs. You, where you have misstepped, because until you do, you ain't fighting no evil spirit. You helping an evil spirit. You can't go to the mirror and say, I am the root doctor. You have to go to the mirror and say, I am the devil. Don't get out until dark. Night is the time. 
because, good Lord, she named the whole band. Bo Carter, Lonnie Chapman, Sam Chapman, and Walter Vincent Vincent on, on, on you know, on fiddle. So you, you got to do that. So there you go. And, by the way, uh, if if Miss Cat wants, there's Honey uh, uh, over here on the sideboard for, for her knish if she wants. She doesn't have to put Honey on her knish. Just a lot of people like to put Honey on their knishes. Some people do. Not everybody does. And uh, that's that. But indeed, the Mississippi Sheiks with I Am the Devil. And, you know, they were just doing what we're all doing around here, just trying to send out a signal. What's that signal? Why, that's the LMC Radio Network on the air! The LMC Radio Network, broadcasting around the globe. Bringing news, information, education, and entertainment to all. It's the LMC Radio Network in the Vanguard. LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Power with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, Sundays 3 to 4.30, Candela's Corner with Candelo Cambisa and Michael Carell, Mondays 5 to 7, The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6, In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays 6 to 7, Good and Foxy with Madame Nadia and Jaya Dania, Wednesdays 6 to 7, The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursdays 6 to 7.30. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays 6 to 7. And Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Saturdays 5 to 7. All time specific, at 3 hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Thank you, Troll Towelhead Chief Engineer here for the LMC Radio Network with that update of our shows each and every week. And be on the lookout because there may be more shows joining throughout the year. Uh, we don't have anything uh, official yet, but, you know, we got a active community. A lot of people wouldn't mind being on the radio. Uh, y'all, y'all some. Y'all, some uh, some greedy, greedy, greedy people. So uh, here's the deal: if you can if you can last out to the end of the show, then you get knishes. All right, everybody who's here at the end of the show gets knishes. Until then, you got to win knishes the regular ass way. Okay. Until then, you have to win the knish, just like everybody else. You have to win the goddamn knish. We're going to go 
and talk about what we do. Tonight, we're going to talk about spiritual cleansing, as well as spiritual bathing. Spiritual cleansing and spiritual bathing. If y'all listen up, you won't end up with no bathtub blues. When I go out on a Saturday night, I always take a bath so I'm looking just right. The gals all expected, you see. So I pulled off my duds and I poured in the water and I filled it right up just about a quarter. And then it happened to me. Oh, I slipped on the soap and I fell in the middle and I jumped right up and I grabbed my fiddle and I saw them bass up Miss Cat, 
gets one rugula because she got the name correct and correctly spelled bathtub, two words. Otherwise, Troll would add it. And that leads us into tonight's What We Do segment. Tonight, we're going to talk somewhat briefly about spiritual cleansing. This is a corollary, a follow-up, if you will, to talking about evil spirits earlier. Because one of the ways you can get rid of negative spiritual conditions, including evil spirits, is through spiritual cleansing. Spiritual cleansing for the self, spiritual cleansing for a space, an area. And spiritual cleansing includes, but is not necessarily limited to, bathing, foot washing, sprinkling, spraying, smuffigation with herbs or resins, egg cleansings, uh, uh, thorough and uh, prayerful house cleaning, house growing with spiritual products, floor washing, yard sprinkling, all of these are included, as are other actions, are included in the world of spiritual cleansings. Some of them are not as popular as others. Uh, You see some a lot more than you see others. And again, there is a certain degree of regionalism, regionalism, and snuffication. So as an example, there are many places, particularly with a strong church background, where foot washing is highly recommended and often done. All right? Now, when you talk about that, what do you know? Well, first of all, when you talk about someone is engaging in foot washing, someone's going to go get their feet washed, etc. A, you're dealing with Christians. Okay? You're dealing with Christians. There you go. Right there. You know that. You're dealing with New Testament. Okay? You're dealing with Jesus. You're dealing with foot washing here, people. All right? And you're also dealing with an area and a group of people that although they may no longer remember it, if you follow it back far enough inside their family, inside their region, inside their area, you're talking about people that are used to having shit laid down for them, for them to walk. You're talking about hot footing. You're talking about evil work. You're talking about that shit being laid down for you to walk through, to get on your feet, get on your shoes, track in your house, get on you, okay? Otherwise, what's the deal with the foot? Why Why are we – why is the foot, you know? You want to go out and research, try to find the place where the foot is the most spiritual aspect of the body because the foot rules the, the soul. The soul resides in the foot. You're not going to find a lot of that. You'll find a little bit, you know? God help you if you end up careening off into uh, rolfing, and then you've got the fucking weird-ass foot massage thing going on. I don't even know what's going on with that. Good luck to you. Write me a letter about it. But that's where you're going to see uh, foot washing, okay? Again, it's not going to be exclusive. People move around. 
People's families move. Places changed. Okay? So you're still seeing evidence. It's very important, folks, that we try to under-fucking-stand what we're seeing and what's going on around us and follow the pathway of it. Otherwise, you're just (laughs) reflexively dealing with things. Egg egg cleansing, that's another one. Egg cleansing comes with a whole host of different things, of cleansing someone with an egg, and then you dispose of the egg. You dispose of it by throwing it at a strong old tree or into the crossroads to break it. Uh, You uh, do that because the tree can take the, the, the problem. It thrives off of it, off of waste. And the crossroads takes it out into the universe, gets rid of it, takes the negativity, dissipates it out into the world. It can also be buried. It can be broken and shown to you. Okay? And there is a preference. Some people say, oh, you know, you have to keep the chicken, right? Like the person who's going to do the egg cleansing actually keeps the chicken. They may feed it a special diet. They may care for it in a special way. Um, the eggs of black hens and the eggs of frizzled fowl of any color, and particularly eggs of black frizzled hens, are thought to be very extra strong for removing cross conditions. Now, here's an interesting thing about that. A lot of people associate the egg cleansing solely with a Mexican or Latin American set of practices. But that's not necessarily true. Okay, certainly it is there in their culture, but that's not necessarily the only place it entered into hoodoo from. So don't get twisted up or or confused about that. Probably the most popular, most well-known, most well-practiced form of spiritual cleansing is a spiritual bath. And spiritual baths are very normative, and they're normative, again, here you're dealing with, well, you're dealing with people that deal with the Bible. All right, because this idea of spiritual cleansing comes out of Judaism and then goes into Christianity and goes into Catholicism and comes out of Catholicism into Protestantism, etc. So again, there's this network within a biblical reference. And you find dozens of prayers, psalms, passages that relate to it, some of which even tell you what to use in that bath, like Psalm 51, which talks about being bathed with hyssop to make one as white as snow, clean as white as snow. And so this is coming very much out of a tradition centered around the Bible. Because as I said, you will even find the ingredients necessary to go into these baths. There are a number of different systems of baths. Uh, probably the most common is the three-ingredient bath, but there are others, nine-ingredient bath, etc. And everybody, of course, believes that their particular one way of doing it is the only way of doing it and the only correct way of doing it. And the number of days and the number of times that they say is absolutely true and everybody else is absolutely wrong. But we covered that earlier in the show. Once again, that's that 10 pounds of regional hogwash being tried to stuff into a five-pound bag to answer a uh, troll towel head. It doesn't fit. That's the point. That, that's the point. It doesn't fit. That's, that's the point that's being made, troll. So 
spiritual cleansing is not necessarily limited to the person. It can also be for the structure, the house, the place. <clears throat> this can be accomplished with a number of different ways, including good old-fashioned, good old-fashioned floor washing, scrubbing, washing down baseboards with a, a, a rag, vacuuming nowadays that everybody has carpeting, taking the rugs out and beating them, and when doing this, to use spiritual products. In fact, let me go a step further. Let me confront you. Dun, dun, dun. I, Professor Porterfield, now confront you. And I confront you with this idea that many of the scents and many of the substances and many of the attitudes you have about what is clean have nothing the fuck to do with clean but in fact have to do with spiritually clean. In other words, I'm not so sure that a goddamn lemon actually makes shit cleaner. Oh, it's acidic. And so I assume, you know, uh, there may be some kind of, uh, you know, uh, acidity that in lemon juice that might kill off certain things. But by the same token... So the fuck is goddamn whiskey? It's not acidic, but it'll kill off microbial life forms. Okay? But you don't see a lot of people cleaning the entire house with whiskey. All right? Why? Because it has a different association. It has a different set of associations. But people do clean with pine, and they do clean with lemon. And I am confronting you right now to suggest to you that your time-honored belief, your life belief that these things are clean comes from a place in our culture that says that they are spiritually clean, not that they are necessarily cleansers, meaning alcohol is a cleanser, you know, pure, un, you know, regular, you know, rubbing, you know, alcohol, alcohol, not liquor, alcohol, alcohol, all right, but you don't, again, necessarily associate this association, and how deeply do you see this association? Well, you see battles. You see battles. You see battles. Battles between competing companies about who has the lemoniest lemon, who has the piniest pine, who has the smelliest smell, because it's clean. And they have the lady, and she's hanging her laundry out, and she's going, ah, and the baby's with her because obviously the baby's healthy. Everybody's happy because it smells like lemon, and lemon is da-da-da, and we all know that lemon's clean. No, we don't all know that lemon's clean. That's some goddamn horseshit. What we know is that we're raised to believe that the smell of lemon is a direct association to things that are clean. How deeply is this association? There are people, I kid you not, in our culture, you may have friends, family members, or maybe one yourself, who do not enjoy lemon pastries, cakes, tarts, pies, cookies, ice creamy type things, because the smell and taste of lemon is so strong in the food that it makes them have a slight 
revulsive response because they think of it as being a cleaning product. Like they don't enjoy the lemon cookie because when they take a bite of the lemon cookie, it's so lemony that they go, oh, it's like eating soap. Quote, oh, it's like eating soap. Now, we don't actually have that many lemon soaps anymore. We have a variety of different soaps, but people still think about what they say. Oh, it smells – it's like soap. It's like eating soap. That's how deep this is associated. Where does pine come from? Pine comes from the Native Americans. Where does lemon come in? It comes out of the five Asiatic grasses. It comes in from African practice. Lemon and pine. And you find them both in hoodoo as cleansing products. But they're spiritual cleansers. Spiritual cleansers. Spiritual cleansers. But you have come up to believe of them as being regular, you know, household, medicinal, if you will, uh, anti-germ cleansers. Like, you know, lemon gets rid of dirt better, which it doesn't necessarily. It probably makes shit sticky. And you haven't thought about that. That's how deep this is a part of. Now, let me confront you with one other concept. How did this happen? How does this happen? Does this happen through the machination of big business? You know, all the guys in the dimly lit room with the cigarettes and the cups of stale coffee, their ties loosened, their jackets off, talking about, God damn it, we've got to convince the American people that lemon smells good. We've got money to make here, Mike. We've got money to make. No. This happens because of who the fuck you have cleaning your floors. Uh-oh. Let's say it one more time, nice and loud, for the people in the back. This comes from the history of who the fuck you cleaning your floors. Can you dig what I'm trying to lay down to you? Do I need to make it more clear? Let's make it more clear. Lemon and pine are seen as being clean and cleansing both physically and spiritually amongst African Americans. Guess who was cleaning y'all's floors? Now, does that mean every washerwoman in America was black? No, of course not. There were lots of Irish washerwomen. There were lots of Greek washerwomen. There were lots of Jewish washerwomen. Okay? There generally are not washerwomen who come from the dominant culture. You know what I'm saying? Normally, you get your washerwomen to come from the oppressed culture. Whoever the fuck you like to oppress, you get somebody's old gran or fucking out-of-look mom, and you put her on her fucking knees with a goddamn brush and a goddamn bucket. And you may think that it doesn't fucking happen anymore, but I know a fucking assload of motherfucking people in goddamn Texas who say shit like, Oh, my house is so dirty, I need to get a Juanita. Kiss my fucking ass, you need to get a fucking Juanita. You're doing the same goddamn shit as fucking always. And that's the reason you motherfucking think that lemon and pine, and if you dig long enough, linen, linen, a little different story on linen, a little too much time to get into it tonight. But that's the reason lemon, pine, and from a different source, linen, are associated as clean smells. Because of the people you have cleaning your fucking floors. 
So spiritual cleansing goes on even outside of the scope of your conception, outside of your knowledge. You have it done in person. You have it done at a distance. You can bathe and cleanse or smoke a doll or even a model of something. You can do this at a distance for a piece of property, for a house, for a person. You can do this in person. I am a great believer in in person. There are many different things used in this. Bluing, Ricketts bluing is used. Salt, we already mentioned. Hyssop, a host of others. We could have just one show where we did nothing but this and, 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 and we ran out of time because there's so much in this. I hope that you will take a little bit of time this week to go out and look a little deeper at spiritual cleansing and spiritual bathing and try to break out of a concept that you may have developed. Try to look at it in a broader way. Try to see where it's coming from. Try to see all this variety of different things, Jewish tradition, Christian practice, African practice, Native American practice, herbs from here and there, things that go back into Europe, things that go back into the Mediterranean, things that go back into the Middle East, things that go back into Africa, and things that originate solely here in America, both from the Native Americans and later, and consider it. Think about it this week. Don't always come at everything, you know, just as well, just the way it is, and so that's the way it is. And But stop. Stop and think about it. If you stop and think about it, you might find out a little bit more than you already knew. Up next, we're going to be going to into the kitchen. And this week, we're going to be talking about Irish moss. And so here's one for your friend and mine. He may be around a little later on, but here's one for your friend and mine. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Mississippi Tom Shillelagh. This one goes out to Mississippi Tom. Over in Killarney many years ago, me mother sang a song to me in tones so sweet and low. Just a simple little ditty in her good old Irish way. And I'd give the world if she could sing that song to me this day.
Yes, and wasn't it lovely? That was, of course, Turalural. Quote, that's an Irish lullaby. It's a classic Irish-American song originally written in 1913 by composer James Royce Shannon for the Tin Pan Alley musical Shamando. Go here and figure it out. <coughs> First of all, many out typed it right. So none of y'all typed it right. Everybody typed it wrong. Catherine Ironwood got the closest, but she left off the last L. So we're going to give her arugula for that. We're going to give her arugula for that. The Kanish, though, the Kanish goes to Chad Willingham. That's right. Chad Willingham got it right. That is, in fact, Kate Smith with Turalurulu. Right. It, it, it was. It was Kate Smith. Now, to answer Catherine Ironwood's question, why would anyone want to hear anyone but be sing this? Am I mad? <laughs> no, I am not mad. First of all, if I did it by Bing Crosby, everybody's going to know it's Bing Crosby. There's got to be some sort of effort here to name it and claim it. you got to kind of make these a little mysterious. I can't just do the obvious thing, you know, otherwise I'm just giving it away. So that's the first reason. Second reason is my feelings about Bing Crosby are exactly your feelings about Frank Sinatra. In my book, he is the evil one. I don't want to see Bing Crosby. I don't want to hear Bing Crosby. I don't want to see him singing with David Bowie. I don't want to drink his fucking orange juice. I don't want to bet on a pony he's bet on at the track. I, duh, I, no, no, don't like Bing Crosby. So there we are. That's that's the reason. Those are the two reasons. That's the two reasons. It's not that I don't like him. It's that I don't like him. It's not that I don't like him. It's that I don't like him, the guy. You know, I mean, an excellent artist, okay? But I don't like he, the man. Uh, I know his voice. His voice is great. So tonight we're going to be talking about Irish moss. Irish moss. And, of course, Mississippi Tom taught me everything I know about Irish Moss because he was taught by his mom. And Irish Moss brings good fortune in money matters, business, and gambling. Uh, you might be interested to know that Irish Moss, uh, the plant it's ba- it comes from, is commonly used as a thickener and stabilizer in milk products such as ice cream and processed food, foods, including lunch meat. So you may not know that, but it's true. It also can be used as a thickener uh, in calico printing and for beer or wine. Uh, it's often used with other seaweeds, uh, which are commonly found growing together, such as agar agar, which we've talked about here on the show before. Uh, for gelatin-like desserts, primarily out of Asia, uh, and the chief one of those would be almond jelly. Um, in Ireland and parts of Scotland, it is boiled in milk and strained before sugar. Other flavorings such as vanilla, cinnamon, brandy, or whiskey are added, and the end product is a kind of jelly, uh, similar to, um, I guess, uh, kind of like uh, tapioca. 
also in Jamaica and Trinidad. It's uh, a, a variety of it is boiled uh, with cinnamon and milk to make a, a, a thick drink Irish moss that there is believed to be an aphrodisiac, an aphrodisiac. So you notice how there it's an aphrodisiac, but that isn't a part of its use in hoodoo. And then finally, in Venezuela, it's been used for generations as a home remedy for sore throats and chest congestions. And again, it's boiled in milk and served with a sweetener, in this case, honey, uh, before bed. Um, you should know that it's common around the shores of Ireland, hence its name, and can be found along the coast of Europe, including Iceland and the Faroe Islands, uh, Western Baltic Sea, and Southern Spain, even. And it's found on the Atlantic coast of Canada. Uh, and it has been recorded as uh, in California, in the United States, and even appearing in Japan. Uh, however, the distribution outside of the northern Atlantic is uh, up to question and has not been completely verified. So there's a little bit about it, so you know something about it. And now let's talk about its use in hoodoo. As I said, it brings good fortune in money matters, gambling, and business. And one of the things you can do with it is you can use it to draw business. To do this, you would sprinkle Irish moss under the carpets in your place of business to hold a steady stream of paying customers. Or you would mix it with earth smoke and the scrapings from a customer's shoe and burn that on charcoal, and you would fumigate the business. You can also use it in a gambling hand. Uh, or as a gambling herb, I should say, as a gambling herb, by carrying a piece of Irish moss in your pocket when you go to a place uh, to bet or to buy a lottery ticket at your bookie, etc. And you may combine it with other money-drawing herbs in a green flannel bag to make up a lucky hand. If you listened this week to uh, Candelo's Corner uh, with Candelo Cambisa, my friend Candelo Cambisa, who's in our chat room right now, um, you will have heard at least one recipe given out by uh, Tata Candelo uh, that included the use of Irish moss. If you listen to our show uh, only a couple of weeks ago, you will have heard of a very effective gambling hand that I personally make that includes with it a piece of Irish moss along with some other items. Go back into the go back in the archives. The archives are your friend. Go back to those archives, kitties, and check it out. Check out Candelo's Corner this week, the Now You Know show from three weeks ago, and you'll find Irish Moss. It has a strange look to it. Some people find its look a little unpleasant. I I personally don't. It really doesn't have much of a scent to it. Um, when you see it and you touch it, and you deal with it, you quickly can probably believe that once cooked in milk, it's used as a thickening agent to make things like ice cream and other things like that. It crumbles very easily and scatters very easily. And I find it a joy to use. I find it excellent. It has never given me any sort of problems. Um, it has a very interesting uh, set of life stages that you might want to go and study up. Um, compared to other seaweeds, 
uh, it has been used as a model species, such scientific elements as photosynthesis and biosynthesis and stress response. And in fact, its, its genome has even been completely sequenced. It's so well studied. Uh, it was uh, completed in uh, 2013, I believe. Um, and and uh, I'm sure you're fascinated to know that it has 9,606 genes. But this is a very well-known plant, very, very well-known, and has been used in a variety of things, including a variety of folk magic and folk medicine products for generations. Let's go back over that one more time, that in Jamaica and Trinidad and Tobago, it's boiled with cinnamon and milk to make a thick drink called Irish moss. The drink is called Irish moss that is believed to be an aphrodisiac. And then in Venezuela, it's been used for generations as a folk medicine home remedy for sore throats and chest congestion. So you see it's a little odd here. You've got a moss, and you've got to say to yourself, how the hell does a moss end up being, you know, who walked around? Who the hell walked around and said, you know, let's assume it's an Irish guy because Irish moss, let's give everybody, you know, their little moment. I mean, who the hell is, ah, <laughs> look at that moss there. Ah, you know what I'm going to do? Patty, you know what I'm going to do? No, what are you going to do? I'm going to take it home, and I'm going to boil it up in something and drink it. You're going to drink that moss there? Yeah, I'm going to drink this moss here. And then, when my kid goes to Jamaica, I'm going to drink it in Jamaica to get me dicker. What? How the hell does this happen? Well, it did happen. So there it is. Now, I hope that you will take some time this week and go out and learn a little more about I find it is always a benefit to stop and learn about the plant. A lot of y'all just go and go, well, I'm going to find what it did. What's it doing? Who do? And you find out that, and you know nothing about the plant. You don't know anything about its life cycle. You don't know about how it lives. You don't know how it, how it, how it dies. You don't know about its various parts. You don't even realize that this you're actually using this part of the plant because it's been processed. You don't know which part of the plant you're using. Listen, guys, this is just what we were talking about earlier. You've got to stop and go out and start trying to understand things a little better because you're only helping yourself. You're only helping yourself. So do that for yourself. Take a little extra time this week and go out and learn a little bit about Irish moss. All right? And even though it seems strange, like, well, what's with these weird mosses, like Irish moss and agar agar? I had a friend. I had a friend uh, who uh, <clears throat> said to me once that they saw a recipe I had published uh, in one of my books. Uh, and it's for gambling, and it involves agar agar. And my friend looked through it and said, agar agar, what the fuck is he talking about? Agar agar. He's out of his fucking mind. And then the next day, he realized that it was the first listing in Miss Catherine's book. <laughs> we would like to thank uh, Miss Catherine Ironwood for the allowance of, the in of inclusion from and material from the very excellent book, Hoodoo Herb and Root Magic, a Materia Magica of African-American Conjure, along with our own knowledge in our In the Kitchen segment each and every week. We thank her 
so very much for that. And we also want to stop and take a moment and thank all the good people at the association. That's right, the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, for their allowance of the inclusion of material from their website in our uh, What We Do segment each and every week. They can be reached at readersandrootworkers.org. Why not stop by and take a look at it? And now, before we go, ladies and gentlemen, he, he asked – uh, he, he was he was adamant about you know uh, being on the show, and so ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, the one, the only, Mississippi Tom Shillelagh. Oh, hello there, friends. This is Mississippi Tom Shillelagh here to talk to you about the Lucky Mojo Courier Company. Of 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California. Did you know that Lucky Mojo is both an online magical shop and a real magical store? Ah, yes, that you can visit. They carry a full line of handmade spiritual supplies, including occult oils, incense powders, candles, herbs, mojo bags, spiritual soaps, love, books, and spell kits. For those who cast the wee magic spells, whether they be love spells, money spells, protection spells, or any other spells in the African-American hoodoo, pagan magic, or other witchcraft traditions. So why won't you stop by at 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California, friends, and check out the Lucky Mojo Curio Company. You can see the beautiful wee trains they've got there. They're not just for the children. They also are for you, and you can enjoy them as well. Or, while your wee bairns are there, take a few moments to step away and go into my favorite church, my favorite church in the whole world. That's the Missionary Independent Spiritual Church, right there on the grounds. And you can stand there amidst all the beautiful statues and pictures of the angels. Oh, yes, and have a moment of prayer and meditation. Before then, you go on into the store and walk through the beautiful woodland aisles and see products from all over the world, thousands and thousands of them, until it almost, almost baffles your mind. So won't you take some time, friends, to go to 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California. Visit the Lucky Mojo Curio Company or visit them online at luckymojo.com. And when you get there, oh, you're there and you're just seeing the sun on the leaves and thinking of your old mom, won't you tell them that Mississippi Tom sent you? I, I don't even know how to follow that. Seriously, I don't even. I there it is, Mississippi Tom, Edinburgh Shillelagh. Apparently, don't even know what's going on with that. But he heard, you know, we were doing the Irish thing tonight, and he came in, and so anyway, he we're lucky to get him. He doesn't actually live in Mississippi anymore. He lives in uh, Chicago, 
uh, is primarily where Mississippi Tom's main business is, is there in Chicago. It's a long story. Well, folks, that's been it. And once again, until it's over, it ain't over. And so until he's gone, this is not the end. Ah, this is not the end. Uh, it is not even the beginning of the end. Uh, but it is perhaps the end of the beginning. And go to Texarkana And don't back to Fort Worth Come on down to Dallas to call the kitty Coming through the territory in Kansas City And Kansas City, St. Louis And St. Louis, Chicago I'm on my way to the
I didn't. What do you mean I'm on? I'm not on any. Oh, Lord. <laughs> this has been a production of the LMC Radio Network. Bless their hearts. Oh, Lord, I didn't realize I was on.